Has the way you lead people changed significantly enough in the last year to where you're able to retain and attract the type of talent that you want? I, I, the reason this is on my mind is um, one of the organizations I work with that I, I coach senior leaders at is a, uh, a global pharmaceutical company. And this morning, actually, they had me come on to their, their SLT meeting for half an hour and present some of these thoughts. And so there are three words that I'm going to dig into that all the research shows these are critically important to retaining talent because the way that people want to be led and how they want to work has changed. Like this whole COVID experience over the last year has dramatically changed the expectation desires of, uh, of most employees. And I want to dive into that in this episode. Leadership is the ability to facilitate movement in others toward a destination you can describe. I'm Russ Hill. I help build leaders. And this is the Culture Hacks Podcast. Welcome into the Culture Hacks Podcast. I'm Russ Hill. I make my living coaching executives, impacting their results in fact, uh, it's fun to get back and travel again. I, I actually returned from the East Coast last night, and uh, it's crazy because the airports are busier. Like, I, I went through Atlanta, and the Atlanta airport, like, actually had a lot of people in it, which I've taken a lot of pictures going through security at Atlanta or uh, different places over the last uh, six months or so because they're like, it's like a ghost town. Like I walk up the TSA and almost have to like wake them up. Like, hello, there's somebody here that's coming into the airport. It wasn't that it wasn't that case uh, the last few days. Now, a couple interesting things just real quick, and then I'll dive into the topic that I want to talk to you about uh, today. But I like to share some of what's going on in my life and what I'm seeing and observing as I'm out coaching executives and whatever. So um, so. It's nowhere near the airports and flights aren't anywhere near as crowded as they were pre-COVID, but they're way more crowded than they were like a month or two ago. And it's interesting because you can tell that the travelers aren't business travelers like the business travelers haven't come back yet. But everybody that's traveling right now is families. And I was in the international terminal at um at in, in Atlanta for Delta. And you, you all know Atlanta is the busiest airport um, in the entire world. Like it has more passengers to go through than any other airport in any other city in any location in the world, which is crazy. It, it is. If you've been through Atlanta, a lot of you have, most of you have, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but the international terminal, I could not buy a soft drink. Like every store was shut down every restaurant. So clearly the international, um, travel hasn't come back yet. And, and I keep getting upgraded. Like I get upgraded into first class all the time because there's no other, there's hardly any other business travelers traveling. And usually I get upgraded, but not all the time. And right now it's like a given because, uh, the planes, the, the people that are on the planes, the people that are in the airports are families that are like, finally we get to go out and go visit grandma or go to the amusement park or travel wherever. And it, it's a lot of fun to see, see families traveling again this summer. Um, and we'll see when the business travelers come back. I, I think it's going to be fall or, or maybe next year. And somebody I was chatting with, uh, on the East coast in the last few days was telling me, you know, they, they've been reading that it's never going to fully come back. And I, I don't believe that. I don't, I don't know if it'll ever come back the way it was because we're in this virtual environment and a lot of meetings are going to happen virtually now, but I, th I do think it's going to come back, um, 
a lot more than it has. Okay, so there's your travel update. Okay, so um, three headlines that I want to share from recent articles that I've read. And the theme here, you all, is the demands and expectations and desires of, of employees is changing. Like it's changed dramatically in the last year. Now, this won't apply to everyone. Some of you are listening like, man, my work didn't change that much in the last year. And we never really worked remotely. And we never, well, okay, well it, 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 I still think it's going to affect you. But you might have to find, you might have to think a little bit harder about how it affects you. Where the rest of us, it's, it's, got a, it's having a dramatic impact. So um, what, what, what precipitated this were a couple of things. I haven't talked much about the second book I wrote last year. Uh, the first book, Decide to Lead, I put out. It was a book I wrote a couple of years ago, published it. it, it I, I'm still shocked at how how many of those have sold. Like it's, I never expected it to be as successful and it, and it's, it's far from a New York times bestseller or anything like that. But I, you know, I, I thought maybe a family reunion would buy it and uh, my family reunion. Um, but it's, it's sold a lot more than that. And I've talked a lot about that book. In, well, not a lot, but I talked somewhat about it in, in episodes on this podcast. The second book I wrote with two of my colleagues, Jared Jones and Tanner Corbridge, not just colleagues of mine, but, but good friends of mine, and we, we wrote it, the name of it's Remotability, Remote Ability. And the, the subtitle is 12 Tactics to Manage the Culture of Your Suddenly Remote Team. So we go through and each tactic is a chapter. It's a quick read, like Decide to Lead. Um, and so if you lead a remote team, I think this would be, you might find some value in it. I'm, I'm not trying to sell anybody on a book in this podcast. I'm just giving you the background of why this is on my mind. So we were dealing with all of these, all, everyone, all these executives that we work with last year, when COVID hit, they're suddenly leading remote organizations, right? Everybody's working from home and, or most of their teams are. And, uh, and, and so we kept getting all these questions about, well, how do you lead a remote team? And we were like, well, we don't know. But we kept asking questions, digging into research, and then we're in meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting in industry after industry and all these different companies. And we're seeing how they're running meetings and we're asking them what they're learning and we're, we start collecting best practices. And so that resulted in and at the end of 2020. At the end of last year, we decided, okay, we've learned enough. We've gained enough insight and best practices and observations to write a book about 12 tactics. So we write about everything from Walmart to manufacturing companies to defense contractors. To There's lots of stories in the book about things that we see. And anyway, um, one of the organizations that I, I coach the senior executives at is a, a global pharma company, global pharmaceutical company. And I was talking to one of the leaders a few weeks ago, and she asked me, she said, can you come on our night? our next SLT meeting and maybe take like it, it's a 90 minute meeting we'll give you like 30 minutes of it Russ and why don't you present a few of the tactics from this book she had read the book and um and and she had three in mind that she wanted me to share because she was she's mindful of the the competition for talent she's like we we, we have to make sure we're retaining the people we have that we've worked so hard to have join our company and yet we're we're dealing with this virtual world longer than we thought we would have to and uh, and we just need to make sure that I, I need to make sure my leaders are leading in a way to where they're retaining and engaging talent the way that they need to. And so 
Um, so I said, yeah, of course, I'll come in and did that. So I started building a little deck for the meeting and, and digging into some research and as what, you know, cause I already had, I already had the slides and, and, and stuff from the book that I wanted to share, but there were, there was, I wanted to dig into some of the articles lately. So here are three articles. I'm just going to read like three sentences from each one. So the first one is June 12th, June 12th. This article was published in the uh, wall street journal. Here's the headline, how working from home has changed employees. How working from home has changed employees. Have you thought about that? How are they different? How are we different? What, what expectations do we have that we didn't have a year ago? The seven headline on this is employees are used to far greater independence. They may value personal time more. Bosses better be ready to adapt. So, I mean, that's pretty intense, right? Then you go to this second article. The very next day, the Wall Street Journal published this article. The headline is, forget about, forget going back to the office. People are just quitting instead. Whoa. Forget going back to the office. People are just quitting instead. And the subheadline on this is, as the pandemic clouds lift, the percentage of Americans leaving employers for new opportunities is at its highest level in more than two decades. Isn't that wild? The percentage of, of, of American workers leaving employers for new opportunities, highest level in more than two decades. You've heard about this. I've talked about it in other episodes, the great resignation, right? If you Google that term or if you search for it on LinkedIn, you'll find numerous articles. It's a thing. The great resignation is what they're calling it because of these, the, these huge numbers of people leaving jobs. Well, what's causing them? Well, it's because their expectations of what they want from their boss and from their, their employer have, have changed. And most companies, most leaders aren't keeping up. So how do we need to be different? Well, that's, th- th- there's more to that question that I can address in a, uh, in a quick 15, 20 minute podcast episode, but I'm going to get into one area. And, uh, and so in the Harvard business review, they, they published this thing called a guide to managing your newly remote team. They published it last year. It, it, it's decent. It's not terrific, but it's it, it's got some value to it. A guide to managing your newly remote team. And here's what I'm going to hit on two sub bullet points that were in the were in this uh, HBR Harvard Business Review article. They talked about how employees in a more virtual environment lack face to face supervision. And he, here here's here are the sentences I want to read to you. Supervisors worry that employees will not work as hard or as efficiently from home. Many employees, on the other hand, struggle with reduced access to managerial support and communication. In other, in some cases, employees feel that remote managers are out of touch with their needs and thereby are neither supportive nor helpful in getting their work done. Wow, that's interesting. Some of us can relate to that, right, as employees. Then the second bullet point is lack of access to information. And the, the article in Harvard Business Review says even getting answers to what seem like simple questions can feel like a large obstacle to a worker based at home. So here are the three words I want you to think about. And this applies if you're, if you're thinking, well, Russ, I don't lead a, a remote team. All, all, my, all my team's on site or we're at the plant or we're, we're in the store or the restaurant or whatever. Okay, cool. Uh, these still apply to you. These, these principles are magnified they're needed even more in a remote team. And, and we have to show up differently as leaders of virtual or, or hybrid teams. We have to show up differently. But even if you lead a team that's on site or in person, I want you still to think about these three words. Here they are. 
visibility, accessibility, transparency. Let me explain. So I'm going to give you just quick treatment because of the clock, because I only have enough time to dig in just briefly on these three words. Visibility is critically important. The speed of an organization of a team depends on the visibility of its leader. I'm going to say that again. The speed of an organization and the results it's able to deliver is largely dependent on the visibility of the team leader. Why? Think about that for a minute. Why would that be true? And you'll come up with all the right answers. It's pretty obvious. The visibility of the leader. So when we work all together, the way I'm visible is I leave my door open for a good chunk of the day. I come out of my office. I'm walking the floor. I manage by walking around. I'm on the site. I'm on the plant. I mean, you would not believe how many times I run into issues in manufacturing environments be, or, or even in retail or restaurant or e- go even to, to hospitals. And so many of the issues that are being experienced by the teams could be solved if the leader was just more visible. Like, get out and walk around. Do you remember a story I told? Um, man, I told this like two years ago, a long time ago. So you're not going to remember it. But when I, when I first got into management, into leadership in the media business, I flew out to Washington, D.C., with the biggest brand that our company owned, it was it was a station in uh, in Washington D.C. called WTOP, and it, it it it's the highest revenue generating radio station in I think the world, at least in the United States, definitely the U.S. The highest revenue generating radio station in the United States, WTOP. It's an all news traffic and weather station in in Washington D.C. and our company owned it. And so I flew out there. I'd just been promoted. I was young in management and I wanted to get some best practices from the general manager there, a guy by the name of Joel. So I met with Joel. We had lunch or I went into his office. I can't remember exactly. But I I said to Joel, hey, Joel, just give me one tip. Like in all your years of experience, you've got an incredible team. Your results are amazing. Every media brand, every radio station in, 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 in the country wants your revenue. Just give me one tip as for for being a good leader. And he said, walk around. And I was like, I didn't say this, but I was thinking in my head, that's it. <laughs> like, like, that's all you got. That's the best you can give me. And I was so disappointed. I remember feeling let down like, oh, he's not really that. If I'm being honest, oh, he's not that sophisticated. He's not that he's not. He, he doesn't have any real secrets like, oh, he's just kind of stumbled on this success. That's what I was thinking. As a young punk leader, like, well, who am I to judge the, the wisdom of a leader that's like way more successful than I am at that stage of my career, right? Well, I've learned over the years how brilliant Joel actually was and how smart that council was. He was talking about visibility, management by walking around. And, and we could do a whole episode on that, that you, you hear things and you're able to, 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 to create alignment and you, you the, the closer a leader is to the customer, the more in tune they are, the more they're able to help increase the speed of the organization, impact the results. The further removed from the customer a leader is, the more wasteful they are, the more inefficient they are, the less impact they have on the organization and the, the, more, the, the more their meetings are talking about things that really don't matter. Okay. And so visibility is really, really critical. The visibility of a leader, we control it as a leader. It's one way, right? It's from us to the team. 
So it's through emails, it's through virtual meetings, it's through on-site meetings, it's through rounding, walking around, it's through being on-site. Just get out of the stinking office, right? Get off the computer and walk around and ask questions. And, and so visibility is critically important. As, and in a virtual world, that looks different. And you've got to make more of an effort to be visible. That doesn't mean call 80 million meetings. It just means, you, well, we don't have time to dig into it in this episode, but you need to be visible. Now I'm going to go to the second word, accessible. So visibility, I control as a leader. Accessibility is the other direction, right? It's the members of my team and how accessible am I? Speed, accessibility impacts speed because you're the decision maker on so many things as the leader. And if I can't get to you, then you're slowing down my ability to close business, my ability to um, impact the member or the patient or the customer, my ability to collaborate with other teams because I need information and I need decisions to be made. And yet I can't get you. You don't respond to my emails. You don't respond to my texts. I call you. You don't answer. Right. You don't show up for the meeting or whatever, whatever it might be. And so accessibility is critically important to engagement of employees retention of employees and speed to market accessibility. And so that means I, as a leader in the last year, hopefully you've had to figure out some ways. This is one of the questions I asked these, these senior executives of this pharma company this morning. I said, what are you doing? What, like, what have you learned about how to be accessible in the last year? Like, what are your best practices? And I opened it up for them and they, they had some really, really good thoughts, some really interesting things about, you know, responding to text right away and making sure that people have their cell phone number and making sure that they're getting, they're getting information back. Okay. So accessibility, first words, visibility. We got to increase our visibility. And then we've got to make sure we're accessible. Accessibility is the second word. The third word is transparency. And here's the punchline. Visibility of a leader and accessibility of a leader means jack squat. If the leader isn't transparent, And what transparent means is you're sharing the data that's needed. You're sharing the information that, that, that people need. I was in a meeting just this week. I'm not going to give too many, too much detail because I, I want the, uh, I want the guilty to remain, uh, in, uh, nameless, but, and I'm joking a little bit, but this leader starts this meeting and there's like this nugget, like this, this figure, this, this, this number that they didn't share as part of their opening comments. And, and, and so I asked a couple of questions after they sat down, turn it over to me. I said, Hey, can you dig in? Like, give me, give us more insight on that number or what, what you meant by that. And they shared a number that was stunning. Like, Oh my gosh. Like, did you misspeak? Is that really the right number? And they said, yeah, that's the right number. And, and, and I thought, well, that changes everything. Like where I'm going to go in this meeting is going to be totally different now based off of what you just said. Why weren't you transparent about that? And there was no, there were no wrong motives or anything that this leader did wrong. They just weren't, they weren't being transparent enough. Like here's, here's the data that you need in order to be making the decisions that you need to be making. And in order for us to be having the right conversations, you tracking with me on this. So transparency is super critical. Are you saying, and it's not just data sharing. It's also, are you saying what you really think? Because if we need to have five conversations before you actually share with me your real opinion about me, about us working together, about that project, about that proposal, about whatever it is, do you know how inefficient you are creating, how much inefficiency you're creating? Do you know how much you're slowing the organization down 
because you won't say what you're really thinking. And so we've got to we got to fix that. So uh, I just want you, these are just three words I want you to think about as it pertains to retaining talent and leading teams, keeping them engaged in a in, in a more virtual environment now. But it, it, doesn't, it doesn't even have to be virtual, right? All these three things apply to on-site and in-person teams as well. As a leader, I want you thinking about how visible are you? And I guarantee you, if I was working real closely with you, that I would most likely be coaching you to be more visible. I've never met the leader who, who says, yeah, I just don't think I get out of my office enough. No, they all think they do. Oh, yeah, I'm on-site plenty. Oh yeah, I'm I'm whatever. You know what I mean? I'm totally visible. I've never met the leader that goes, yeah, I actually think that I suck in that area. I, I haven't met that leader. So the reality is you I, I with, with like 95% certainty, I can say you need to be more visible. So how what does that look like? How are you gonna do that as a leader, virtually or on site? Second, accessibility. You gotta step that up, and yet you need a life too, right? So how do you how do you manage that? Well, you got to figure that out. You got to think about it. And then transparency, are you saying what you really think? Are you sharing the data that needs to be shared? Are others sharing it with you? If not, speak up, ask for it. So how do you find out if you're really good in those areas or where you need to improve by asking other people? That's how you find out. That's the real gauge, the true gauge is you ask other people. Um, and, and you, you figure out the right way to do it, but you gauge from their eyes, how visible you need to be. I was at a, at a manufacturing client once and I asked, I asked members of the people at the plant, you know, how visible is the leader or, or actually I didn't even word it that way. I was like, just asking questions about the leader, uh, the senior leader there on site and all like to a person, they all were talking about being more visible. Like I didn't even have to dig into it. They, that was like right on the top of the the tongue, the tip of the tongue for these folks. They were like, yeah, the leader needs to be more visible. And I'm thinking, well, you didn't have to pay me to come in here or have me come in from the outside to, to figure that out. Like your people would have told you that if you had simply asked, right? Visibility, accessibility, transparency, three things I want you to think about. All right. That does it for this episode. If you haven't subscribed, tap on the follow or the subscribe button, whatever app you're listening to. You'll get new episodes every Monday and Wednesday. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're healthy and happy. Hope you're given getting the opportunity to do some travel. Maybe it's you I saw in the airport somewhere as I was crisscrossing the country this week. Um, hopefully, hopefully you're doing well, and I will talk to you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. Are you getting my emails as well? Every week, I'm writing an article designed to strengthen your ability to lead others. Are you seeing these? If you're not, join the more than 5,000 people who are reading them. They've subscribed for free. Just go to RussHill.me. Start getting those weekly leadership articles at RussHill, my name, dot M-E. At that site, by the way, you can also learn more about my online courses and coaching sprints if you've got interest in that as well. RussHill.me.